Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good Thursday morning. Israel launching new attacks overnight. While tensions rise over that explosion at a Gaza hospital, it's October 19th. This is today. Breaking overnight, Israel intensifying airstrikes in Gaza as President Biden returns from the region, saying he's seen new information that clears Israel in that deadly hospital blast. Our Defense Department says it's highly unlikely. But protests still raging across the globe. Biden set to address the nation from the Oval Office tonight. We are live in Washington and Jerusalem. Heightened alert, Homeland Security warning of the mounting potential for violence here in the U.S. over the war in the Middle East. Authorities ramping up security in cities across the country. We'll have the very latest. In turmoil, Jim Jordan now losing support with Republicans in his bid to become the Speaker of the House. A third vote expected today. So what happens if he falls short once again? We're live on Capitol Hill. Chilling confession. Joran Vandersloot finally admits killing Natalie Holloway nearly 20 years after her mysterious disappearance, giving her family long-sought answers. The not knowing is more torturous than the knowing. This morning, Holloway's mother speaking out in an emotional interview. All that plus one-of-a-kind tributes pouring in for Burt Young, the Oscar nominee beloved for his role in the Rocky franchise. We'll remember his life and legacy. And still soaring, Simone Biles back in the gym with her eyes on the Paris Olympics after becoming the most decorated gymnast ever. We're going to catch up with the greatest of all time when she joins us live today, Thursday, October 19th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Welcome to today. It's a Thursday morning. We appreciate you starting your day with us this morning. Yes, nice to have you along. We'll start with President Biden, who returned home overnight after that brief trip to Tel Aviv, where he delivered a clear message the U.S. stands behind Israel. He made headlines addressing that deadly hospital blast in Gaza, saying that based on what he's seen, it was a misfired Palestinian rocket rather than an Israeli airstrike. This comes amid new protests from here in the U.S. to Europe to Lebanon, where hundreds of demonstrators carrying Palestinian flags gathered in the case of Lebanon near the U.S. Embassy, police having to fire tear gas into the crowd. We've got it all covered, including new security concerns here at home and the president's prime time address tonight. Let us start off with NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel, who's in Jerusalem for us. Hi, Richard. Good morning. Good morning. During President Biden's visit here, there was a brief lull in Israeli strikes on the Gaza Strip, but it didn't last long. As soon as President Biden left Israel, Israeli strikes on the Gaza Strip intensified. Four hours after he was wheels up, the bombs were raining down. One, according to several witnesses, damaging a U.N. school turned into a refugee center in southern Gaza, where Palestinians were told to go for safety. Medical officials say 
Five people were killed and dozens injured. We are all people from other areas who fled here because of the war, says this man. Then he sees something in the air and there's panic, as many fear another strike is coming. During his visit to Israel, President Biden expressed the United States' full support for Israel's military campaign after Hamas gunmen from Gaza broke into Israel and killed 1,400 Israelis and foreigners and took more than 200 hostages. Israel, you're not alone. The president also backed Israel's claim that it did not attack a hospital in Gaza on Tuesday. Hamas claims hundreds were killed. Israel insists the explosion was caused by a rocket from the militant group Islamic Jihad that misfired and crashed on the hospital grounds. New video capturing the blast. That explosion sparked protests across the Arab world. But in Gaza, it was just one of many. To the north, in Gaza City, right before President Biden landed, our crew witnessed an Israeli airstrike on an apartment building, the first of a small group of local reporters still in Gaza to reach the scene. People tried to dig through the rubble. They think they hear voices below. A rescue worker makes an appeal. Anyone with a bulldozer, come here now, he says. It's not clear who Israel may have been targeting, but civilians were among the dead, including a baby. The Gaza Strip remains cut off. Fuel and medical supplies are running out. Doctors say babies in incubators will soon die unless aid is allowed in. President Biden struck a deal for aid trucks to come in. But for now, they remain in Egypt, just across the border. Regarding that explosion at the U.N. school in Gaza, we are seeking comment from both the Israeli military and the United Nations. Across the Middle East, there is considerable rage about what is happening in Gaza, and it could get a lot worse tomorrow, where protests are again expected to happen across the region on Friday, the Muslim Holy Day. All right, Richard Engel for us there in Jerusalem. Richard, thank you. And the president had more to say about the investigation into that hospital explosion during his flight home to Washington. Later tonight, he will deliver an Oval Address, Oval Office address on the wars in Israel and Ukraine to the country. NBC's chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander joins us. So, Peter, what are we expecting from tonight's speech? Why has the president asked for this prime time? Yes, Savannah, this is actually the president's second Oval, address, uh, Oval Office address. That's it. Tonight, he is going to appeal directly to the American people to keep supporting Israel and Ukraine. He's going to push Congress to approve what he describes as an unprecedented aid package. Officials here are telling NBC News that he's expected to request $100 billion in military and humanitarian support for Ukraine and Israel, as well as Taiwan facing a threat from China and border security here at home. But with Congress paralyzed, House Republicans yet to pick a speaker. It's not even clear how soon that could happen. The president, we should note, did announce $100 million in humanitarian aid to Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank. And looming over this Israel trip was that hospital explosion in Gaza. The White House backing up Israel's assessment that a misfired rocket from a Palestinian terrorist group is to blame for the blast, not an Israeli airstrike, citing U.S. intelligence. And in what was an extremely rare move, the president came back to speak with reporters about it on Air Force One. Listen. Our Defense Department says it's highly unlikely that it was Israelis, but if it had a different footprint. And I'm not suggesting that Hamas deliberately did it either. It's that old thing, got to know how to shoot straight. Uh, you know, and, uh, 
and it's not the first time Hamas has launched something that didn't function very well. In fact, to be clear, the U.S. suspects it was not Hamas, but a separate, smaller terrorist group in Gaza, as Richard noted, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. The president reiterating that the U.S. stands with Israel that much more powerful this time, as he said those words standing in Israel. But he also notably urged restraint, Savannah, warning the Israelis not to repeat mistakes that the U.S. made after 9-11 here. Back to you. Peter, thank you. And of course, NBC News will bring you live coverage of the president's address starting tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern. I want to turn now and get more perspective on this from Jeremy Bash, former chief of staff at both the Department of Defense and the CIA. Jeremy, good morning. You know, let's talk about this explosion in Gaza because, of course, it has set off such a firestorm. The president said that information from the Pentagon, from his own Defense Department, convinced him that it was not an Israeli airstrike. Is there information that the president would be privy to over and above what the Israelis would have provided? Absolutely. We conduct our own independent analysis in a situation like this. So the president can rely on American intelligence professionals, American technical experts to provide him with that analysis. We may also have our own independent sources of collection. The White House cited three sources of collection. They talked about overhead imagery, which really means satellites. They talked about intercepts, which really means listening to phone calls or reading texts or emails. They talked about open source, really meaning looking at social media, using powerful algorithms to analyze that public data. That intelligence was served up to the president, and he was pretty clear when he was on the ground. This was our conclusion. Because of the immediate outrage, of course, though the president's part of the visit that was supposed to be a summit with the Arab world, Arab leaders in Jordan, was canceled. What is the consequence of that? Well, I think it was a huge missed opportunity for those Arab leaders to influence the thinking of President Biden. And essentially, you know, they they jumped the gun. They, I mean, they they canceled the summit even before the facts were in on this hospital bombing. I think they were obviously reacting to the popular sentiment on the street. But we're going to need those Arab leaders. We're going to need Egypt in particular because they they have this land border with Gaza and they're going to be responsible for sending aid into the people of Gaza. Well, let's talk about that, because there are aid trucks poised at the border right now, the Egyptian border with Gaza. They're not being allowed in. Some of the president's work yesterday was to tell Israel, you've got to let humanitarian aid in. So what's the holdup? Who's who's preventing that right now? Yeah, I talked to sources inside the administration. They say clearly Egypt is the holdup right now. Uh, earlier in the week, it was really the Israelis who were saying, look, if Hamas is going to get a resupply of fu- fuel, of food, maybe of weapons, we reserve the right to strike those convoys and prevent the terrorists from rearming. But I think the president did a great job of reassuring Israel and saying, you got to let that aid in. And that was the main accomplishment of the president's visit. You know, the president was also quite pointed. He invoked 9-11 and the, the, the feelings of vengeance and rage that we felt of course, in this country. And he said to uh, the people of Israel, don't let your rage consume you. And he also mentioned after 9-11 that America had made mistakes in his view, in its response. How do you suppose that would be received not only by the Israeli street, but also by the war cabinet that he met with and the, the leaders of Israel? Yeah, I think it came in friendship. I mean, it was a message delivered with a lot of emotion, a lot of grace, a lot of I got your back. And so I think the president is putting a lot of deposits in the goodwill bank there with the Israelis because he knows there may be times during this war when the United States is going to have to say to Israel, we disagree with your approach. We want you to change your course. All right. Jeremy Bash, thank you very much.
Thanks. U.S. Homeland Security is warning the unrest overseas has already led to a dramatic increase in online hate speech in this country. Law enforcement stepping up its readiness amid concern about potential violence. NBC's Tom Costello joins us right now from Freedom Plaza in Washington. Uh, Tom, good morning. What's being done this morning? Hoda, good morning. D.C. police have already increased their presence around Jewish synagogues in the area. We had a tense day on Capitol Hill yesterday. Roughly 300 people arrested inside the Capitol after they came and protested. They called for a ceasefire in the Middle East. By the way, the New York Police Department says that it has told all of its officers citywide to be in uniform. It's canceling training. It's increasing its security posture as well. The NYPD, by the way, says it's looking for a suspect who allegedly punched a woman in the face and said that he did it because she is Jewish. Still looking for that suspect. Homeland Security says the pro-Hamas extremists have flooded online social media accounts calling for attacks against Jewish targets and communities. Homeland also says it is right now monitoring a heightened security posture across the United States with specific concerns that Jewish communities, Arab and Muslim communities might be attacked. And that comes, of course, three days after we had that situation in Brussels, Belgium, in which police shot and killed an ISIS, a thought to be ISIS suspect who had killed two Swedes. Sweden, as you may have known, had a series of Koran burnings that set off hostility there in the Muslim community. Uh, by the way, the NYPD, which has its own international uh, global intelligence unit, says it has no credible information suggesting that there is a threat right now against New York or the homeland. But it says New York continues to be a prime target, it believes, of course, following 9-11. Hoda. Yeah, Tom, law enforcement has, has a difficult job. Terror attacks over the last 10 years have often been carried out by lone actors rather than groups, maybe harder to track. So how are officials addressing that? That's a that's a very big concern. They don't know if there might be somebody sitting in their house getting radicalized with online content, and they don't know if that person might, in fact, act out. Now, Hamas is not allowed. It's banned on what used to be known as Twitter, on X. However, by one count, already 16 million views of Hamas violence on Twitter have been viewed in just the last few days. So this is an ongoing problem that this radicalization online content worldwide. Yeah. All right, Tom Costello for us there in D.C. Tom, thank you. 14 minutes after the hour, let's welcome Craig, and the turmoil Hi, continues on Capitol Hill. And uh, Savannah Hoda, good morning. Good morning to you as well. House Republicans are expected to try for a third time today to elect a new speaker after Congressman Jim Jordan again failed to win the gavel yesterday. But there are growing questions this morning about whether he or, or anyone else, for that matter, can secure the 217 votes that are needed to become speaker. NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Hake has been following this very closely. Garrett, good morning to you. Hey, Craig. Good morning. Yeah, the House is back at noon today, and Republican leaders say they hope to have a third vote for Speaker where they can show progress for their nominee, Jim Jordan. But two votes so far have only shown Jordan losing, not gaining Republican backing, with the biggest job in Congress now vacant for 16 days and counting. House Republicans this morning hoping the third time's the charm for their embattled Speaker nominee, Jim Jordan, after seeing the gavel slip further from his reach on Wednesday. A second floor vote on Jordan's nomination showed support for the Trump-endorsed Republican slipping, with 22 of his GOP colleagues now opposing him. Jordan vowing to fight on. 
But those colleagues who oppose Jordan, like Florida's Carlos Jimenez, say they will not be moved. The Jordan team thinks they can change the minds of people like you. To that you say what? No. No. No way. If you buckle to pressure, you're just going to get more pressure in the future. Jordan supporters believe only he can now unite their fractured party. We need to get Jim Jordan elected. 199 Republicans have voted for him. I expect Jim Jordan to stay in there and we'll keep voting for him as long as it takes. But his GOP opponents say his hardball political tactics and past support for divisive strategies like government shutdown brinksmanship make him unelectable with no clear alternative ready to step forward. One member who supported Jordan in the first round said she received, quote, credible death threats and a barrage of threatening calls after shifting her vote to someone else. Marionette Miller-Meeks of Iowa writing, quote, one thing I cannot stomach or support is a bully. Is there anyone in America right now who can get 217 votes on the House floor? So uh, evidently not, not right now. Given that dire sentiment, one idea gaining traction on the Hill is empowering the temporary speaker, Patrick McHenry, to continue to do the job on an acting basis for some kind of short-term period. Democratic leaders say they respect McHenry and they may be willing to support such a plan, but that could likely only happen after Jordan either withdraws or steps back from a race he still says he intends to win. Craig? All right. Garrett Hickforce there on the Hill. Garrett, thank you. Good time to say hello to this man. That guy over that, there. This that guy. guy. Roper, hey, this good guy. morning, you guys, and good morning to you guys. And let's see what we've got on this guy. We've got basically some showers rotating around big low pressure around the Great Lakes, stretching all the way down into Tennessee, parts of Mississippi. Uh, today, the storm system will be moving through the Great Lakes, bringing rain showers from Wisconsin on down into Tennessee. Tomorrow, it makes its way closer to the coast. Secondary low will develop along the coast, and that's going to contribute to some heavy rain from New England all the way down into the Carolinas. And then Saturday, it pushes across northern New England, bringing behind it breezy, cool conditions for the entire northeast and New England. Heavier rain up to the north, where some places could pick up to three inches of rain upstate New York, parts of New England, and also central New York as well. Look for those showers and storms developing today, sunny and mild through the plains. And we're going to be taking a bigger look at those western records temperatures that are going to be happening later today. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Just ahead, Joran Vandersloot's chilling confession in his own words in the Natalie Holloway case and our interview with her mother on what it means to finally have some answers nearly 20 years after her daughter's disappearance. Plus, we are looking forward to chatting with Simone Biles. She's going to join us for her first live interview since she became the most decorated gymnast, male or female, of all time. But first, this is today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching 
engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, it's hard for me to say these kind of things because that ain't my way. But if I could just unzip myself and step out and be someone else, I want to be you. You're real hot, Rock. That's good. Now blast this guy's teeth out. I try. Iconic scene from the Rocky franchise. The boxer and his brother-in-law sharing that touching moment before the fight. Burt Young brought Polly to life, and he's being fondly remembered this morning by his co-star, by his many fans, and we're going to celebrate him coming up. Love Polly. Look forward to that. All right. We want to start this half hour with answers in a case we have followed for nearly 20 years. The longtime suspect in the 2005 disappearance of Natalie Holloway finally confessing to killing her. The revelation part of a plea deal in a federal extortion case. NBC Sam Brock was inside that courtroom in Alabama, spoke to Natalie's mom. Sam, good morning. Savannah Hoda Craig, good morning. Certainly for parents everywhere, this hits home. Now, Natalie's mom, Beth Holloway, told me she spent years, guys, playing out the different scenarios in her mind of what could have happened to Natalie. Actually having that information right now, she hopes, will finally allow her to heal. You are also about to hear the audio for the first time of Jorn Vandersloot describing his actions. And we have to warn you, it is graphic. A startling confession inside of an Alabama courtroom, ending a nearly 20-year mystery surrounding Natalie Holloway's disappearance. We wake up knowing that we have, we have reached justice for Natalie. For Beth Holloway, confronting her daughter's killer, not nearly as daunting as living with unanswered questions. And the reason why is because the not knowing is more torturous than the knowing. And that's the boat that you were in. Yeah. For almost 20 years of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Overnight, the court releasing gruesome audio of Joran Vandersloot explaining to investigators how he took Natalie Holloway's life, part of his plea deal for extortion and wire fraud. She asked to go back to her hotel, but I was just trying to get dropped off a little bit uh, further away from her hotel so we could uh, walk back to her hotel and I might still get a chance to to be with her. Frustrated by his rejected sexual advances, Vandersloot says Natalie need him in the groin to get free and then he responded by kicking her in the face. She's laying down uh, unconscious, possibly even uh, even dead, but definitely unconscious. He then struck her with a nearby cinder block and disposed of her body in the ocean. Uh, I walk up uh, up to about my knees into the ocean and I push her off into into the into the into the sea. On Wednesday, Beth Holloway came face-to-face with Vandersloot in court, telling him, you are a killer and I want you to remember that every time that jail cell door slams. Vandersloot apologizing to both the Holloway family and his own, saying, I am no longer that person back then that I am today. But Beth Holloway is not buying it. He doesn't have that in his existence. And I think, but just to say the words... It's fine. It didn't mean anything. And while nothing can bring Natalie back, Beth says knowing how her daughter died 
brings her some measure of peace. I think now it becomes easier for me to appreciate her life through my son's life and through his children's lives. And I hadn't really been as, you know, I've been a little distracted. So I feel like now I can kind of like, oh, <laughs> oh, now I can focus on that. The judge called the crimes, in her words, heinous to the extreme and sentenced Vandersloot to 20 years behind bars to run concurrently with the sentence that he is already serving right now in Peru, guys, for the murder of a college student. Back to you. All right, Sam, thank you. I want to turn now to our senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning. I mean, it's just chilling to hear him confess Mm -hmm. and then to realize that the only reason we got here is because he tried to extort the victim's family for money. It's just it boggles the mind. So he has this sentence. They're going to let him serve it concurrently. So he's he's not going to serve any time in an American jail. He's going back to Peru. Well, he might. And so for folks who might be a little bit confused about, well, why is he here and now going back to Peru? As Sam said, it's because he actually was convicted of killing another young woman. And because that conviction came first, he still has to serve out that prison sentence in Peru. But if for whatever reason, say he got out of prison early in Peru, he would be immediately transferred back to the United States to serve out the rest of the 20-year sentence that he has for killing Natalie. I mean, the fact that he was extorting this family, and it happened how many, 13 years ago? Yeah. So we're now 13 years later and finally this moment came like what took so long yeah and it's clear you know what the the mom Beth Holloway says I just want the answer she knows that the body won't be recovered at this point but she's for all that time she just wanted to know what happened and sadly for her I don't think there's a good answer as to why it took so long it's clear that the family was putting a lot of pressure on the feds to keep up this investigation and it's clear also that Peru didn't just hand him over the Mm -hmm. next day and so there was obviously some negotiation going on there Um, but there's no good answer as to why it took 13 years. I mean, to Savannah's point, if if he had not tried to extort yeah. Beth Holloway and her family, would this, do we think this admission would have ever come up? No, because he had resisted. And remember, he was arrested a yeah. lot of times and he always denied it. He always maintained that he had nothing to do with it. He blamed other people, um, but he's not been convicted for the murder. He's only been convicted on the extortion and the wire fraud. And remember, he can't even get convicted in Aruba where he actually committed the crime because it was a 12-year statute limit. So because he wasn't convicted in that time. So this is really their last chance for justice. So he's outside the statute of limitations in Aruba for the confession he just made. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, Laura. Laura. Yep. Thank you. Coming up, the parents of Matthew Shepard first shared their story to Katie Couric here on today, 25 years ago. Well, now they have reconnected. They want to celebrate their son's too short life and his impact on the gay rights movement. And Katie will be here to share their latest conversation. Plus, we are catching up with Simone Biles. It's her first live interview since her latest golden performance (laughs) at the World Gymnastics Championships. Hey, Simone. All right, we'll visit with Simone in just a bit, right after this. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. 
Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. I mean, couldn't you just watch it over and over again? There's let's, Simone. Let's, why don't we? Is that the Biles 1 or the Biles I, 2? Well, there's going to be a Biles 3 one of these days. Biles 9 million. <laughs> um, she's making history again. That was at the World Gymnastics Championship. She was the first woman to pull up. One of the sport's most challenging and dangerous vaults. And then she went on to win her sixth all-around title at the Worlds, making Simone the most decorated gym- gymnast of all time. Male or female, by the way. The goat herself joins us exclusively from Texas. Well, hello there. Uh, we were watching your Yurchenko, now the Biles, too. I mean, I, I can't help but think back, Simone, to the days when you were kind of a little bit unsteady. And now to watch you nail this thing in competition, when you stuck the landing on that Yurchenko, too, how did it feel? It felt really good. I was just excited that I finally got it named after me <laughs> and then that we could move on. But it is kind of crazy because... Ten years ago in Antwerp, I got my very first skill named after me. And this time, ten years later, I got my fifth skill named after me. It's definitely full circle. And ten years ago, we were reading this, and it's so cute. The announcer said your name wrong. She didn't hear. She didn't know how to say Simone. Yeah. That's how right. new you were. <laughs> now everyone knows your name, and yeah. we really don't need the last name unless we're saying the Biles to refer to the two skills exactly. named after you. Uh-huh. Yes, it is kind of crazy. Um, obviously, it's a different announcer and all of that, but it is pretty wild now. Well, you wrote on Instagram, I thought this was super cute, doing it for the little girl who fell in love with the sport. I think that's what it's all about, isn't it, at mm-hmm. the end of the day? I mean, there's pressure, there's all the things, but you were just a, a little girl who fell in love with it. Who are you today? Yes, I think in gymnastics, I still have to dig deep down and remember why I'm doing it and do it for the little girl, like I said on the Instagram post, but it is a little bit different. Um, I feel like now it's like I'm a wife, I'm still a daughter, a sister, and all of the things in gymnastics is just something that I get to come in and have the privilege of doing. I don't feel like it's the end-all be-all anymore, as before I kind of felt like that, and you know, I get to go home to my husband, to my dogs, to my house and all of the things. So it feels really good. Oh, yeah. Great relationship with gymnastics and your cute husband. I I had to laugh, Simone, because you got emotional Mm -hmm. on the podium. We saw you tearing up and everybody was like, oh, (laughs) Oh, and then is she all right? Oh, she's so sweet. And then Simone, you were like, I have something in my eye. (laughs) So were you emotional or was there like a speck in your eye? No, I definitely was emotional, but not to the point of tearing up. But actually, after that night, like we had drug testing and all of these things, and I ended up with like only one set of eyelashes left and I looked pretty crazy at the end of the night but then uh, the doctors looked at my eye and somehow I had cut my eye but I think oh, since oh. the bars are brand new sometimes they flake off and like they had been falling in our eyes so I had a cut on my eye actually oh my gosh oh. that too and she did it with that yes. yeah. you still, I mean, you're still yeah, exactly. one with all that yeah. okay I don't know if you remember uh, last time we chatted Simone but I, I told you that if I had five bucks and I was going to Vegas and I was going to bet whether you're going to the Olympics <laughs> or not you said you would put it in the category of probably going. Oh. So I'm going to up it. I'm going to, I'm going to bet a hundred bucks, a yeah. hundred bucks. So now I'm going to Vegas. It's a hundred <laughs> bucks. You've won the world. Yeah. How secure would my bet be if I were betting on you yeah. going to Paris? 
Yeah, I think you'd be pretty lucky, Hoda. Oh, <laughs> I'd be lucky. I like that. Let's do it. Let's take that bet. Yeah. We are going to take that bet. By the way, the other thing I'm noticing about you as you're beaming is there's something glistening on your neck that has a beautiful name on it. What does it say? Owen. Yes. Owen. Oh. It says Owens. My husband's last look, name. <laughs> look at that. So, um, how's it been going to the games and supporting him? I know that that's part of the fun that you yeah. have too. Yeah, it's been really fun supporting what he loves to do. Um, obviously, he's in Green Bay right now, so my season just ended. So I'm super excited to get out there for Green Bay for the holidays to support him. Well, what about when the Packers play the Chiefs? I would like to see you and Taylor. I think that would be really <laughs> oh my cute. Gosh, amazing. It'd be a great photo op. Yeah. I think we'd like to see I that. I actually will be going to that game. You okay. are going? Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> She's good. there at her world tour. I mean, who can keep Let, track of it all? Let's just try to have a moment if we can, yeah. Simone. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Simone. So happy for okay. you. Okay. Thanks, Simone. We'll of course. Thank ha- you, guys. Bye. Sweet. Love her. The all best. Right. All right, Mr. Mr. Roker. Wow, when worlds collide. Can you I imagine? Know. Simone Taylor. Yeah. Oh, look out. All right. Uh, we've got this. Uh, that would be hot. Well, this is hot, too. We've got heat advisories out from San Francisco all the way down to Temecula. 18 million people. Burbank going to be looking at possibly some record highs today. Uh, Medford, 84 degrees. That could set a record. Bakersfield, 95. Yuma, Arizona, 103. Then we make our way to the east tomorrow from Missouri. Missoula, Montana, to Baton Rouge, to Abilene. We could be looking at records. 104 in Phoenix could set a record as well. But then later this week, we've got pumpkin spice weather here in the Northeast from Minneapolis all the way to Washington, D.C., down to Cincinnati, a little cooler than average. And that is your latest weather. Thank you, Okay, and speaking of Taylor, were we? Yeah. Yes, we were. When are we not? Yep. Yeah. Travis Kelsey opened up about his weekend date. Uh, date, his words, not ours. Uh, Carson's going to get the tea on Popstar. Oh. Coming up, we got a little debate over some movie etiquette. Uh, do you sit down and watch? Or thanks to the new Taylor phenomenon with her film out there, do you stand up and dance uh, in the theater? Dance, dance. We're going to dive into support. it. If you're going, you got to dance. you got to dance. There's no choice. Or don't go. Wait for streaming. Yes, right. Walk in your house. <laughs> Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.